Hello and welcome to Connecting You to You Radio, where we tune in to receive the messages of health and well-being that are being broadcast from the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Warner, author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. I show you how to heal your body naturally by combining your body's innate intelligence with the wisdom of your own soul so that you can break through the mental programming of limiting beliefs that cause disease and make healing your body and changing your life simple. Hello and welcome to our Solution Sunday. We have a little technical glitch and now we are live. So happy Sunday, everyone. Here we are for another Solution Sunday with our beloved regular guest, Keith Leon S. And today we have a very special guest that I'm going to allow Keith to introduce to you as we talk about are you an old soul so Keith, <laughs> take it away <laughs> wow i never got to do this before <laughs> everybody welcome my daughter nevea she, she is uh an old soul slash incredible artist slash writer slash most sweetest most incredible person you'll ever meet in your life I second that. <laughs> Welcome, Nevea. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm very happy to be here, and I'm very happy to be able to share whatever I have to share. So, And we know you have a lot to share, because you yes. are an old soul like us. <laughs> yeah. So let's start out by talking about what is an old soul? What does that mean? Nevea, what do you think? So I feel like it can mean a lot of different things. And I feel like it's, it's definitely caused us to have a lot of different experiences. But having an old soul, um, one of the experiences that I've had is make, it's very hard to find people my age to connect with. And I know, Lisa, you experienced that when you were younger. And that's it because we have so much knowledge and there's so little places that we're allowed to put it when we're younger. And, you know, like you had said um, in one of the conversations that we were having that, you know, it was constantly like people were like, no, that's not true. Or like, it's just your imagination. And they were constantly like suppressing all the information that you've had. And that's what it is. It's just pure information. And we're connected to that um, in a different way than most people are. And it makes it extremely difficult to find people that you can connect with. And I've had that experience personally, and I know that you have as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keith, what do you think about old souls? (laughs) Well, uh, for me, it meant being born already knowing things that people were supposed to teach me. It meant uh, (laughs) going to visit people's churches and going up to the ministers or the 
bishops or the reverends and sharing with them uh, how I felt they missed the mark <laughs> with their sermon when they were quoting the Bible and them getting mad at me. Uh, it's I have dreams that feel like memories and memories that feel like dreams and uh, and everything in between. So uh, previous knowledge showed me what it means, which means that this is not my first rodeo, that uh, kind of it's proof that there is no time and space, there is no beginning, there is no end. This is just one little teeny step in the journey of infinity, <laughs> right? Uh, and what else? When I think of other uh, young people like Nevaeh, then I just think, uh, like I like to say, you know, she's 17 going on 400. And then people <laughs> people understand what that is. Then they laugh and say, mm, true, true. If they know her, if not, then they say, oh, I can't wait to meet her, right? Because they know there's going to be this this uh, knowledge pouring forth that, that just doesn't match <laughs> match in age. <laughs> so that's a, old soul to me is proof that we're, that this isn't our first rodeo. Yeah. Yeah, mine is, I feel that that same way, because when I was really, I've told this story many times, so I apologize if you people have heard it, but when I would go to bed at night, I would just be, find myself floating in quote unquote space, which looked like I could look at the earth and I could see the history of the planet. I could see that wars were being fought over whose God was better than whose. I could see people in old people in nursing homes and bodies that they could no longer um, maintain. And so they were now just in these death watch facilities, just waiting to die. And I knew, and I, and the biggest thing that I could see was that humanity was asleep. I, it was like people were vacant of their soul, of any awareness of who they were. And in that space, there's just unconditional love. And I knew that that's the space that is always, it's now, it's forever, it's eternal. That is what is actually real. That is the permanent space. And I knew that this lifetime on earth was temporary. And I also knew that, um, that I had been here before. Like I knew that even though I didn't have any recollection of past lives at that point, I knew that I had been here before and um, and I knew instinctively that if I had been here before, that it means there's no death because here I am and I'm still here. So that's kind of what I knew at that, at that time when I was two and three years old, I just knew that I was an old soul. Those were the words that came to me, so. And yeah, I did. I knew a lot of things that the people around me didn't seem to know. And it was really, really confusing. And it was really frustrating. And it was really scary being here as a little girl with nobody to talk to about any of that. So Neve, I have like, I'm a little I'm I'm jealous because you you're so young still and you've been able to retain this level of self 
that I ended up giving up because I just assumed that everything that I knew was wrong because it's not available here on this planet. It's not how people function. But you've been able to maintain that sense of self and that that wisdom. So how have you been able to maintain that, do you think? Well, I feel like it wasn't always like that because when I was really young, it felt like like the most basic word that I can use is confusing. Like everything felt so confusing because the people in my life kept contradiction, like contradicting what I knew was like my truth. It was constantly like, like suppressing and just your imagination and not being able to relate to other kids and feeling like, wow, what is wrong with me? You know, why can't I find a place to be, or why can't I be content the way these people around me are content? You know, why can't I just accept their truths, even though I knew they weren't truths? And so it was constantly that battle of, I know it's not true to me, but this is true to everyone else that I'm seeing. So it was like me trying to adopt their truth, but it was completely wrong. And so eventually I just kind of went with what I felt and kind of abandoned a lot of the ideals and ways that the people around me had. And that just it put me in a place where I just started accepting and surrendering to who I was internally. And that led me on such a spiritual journey of finding who I was and being okay with myself comparative to other people and no longer comparing good or bad and seeing better or worse and just seeing what was and what is and what I am and being what I am. And that, you know, put me in a place where I am today to be, who I am and to bring people into my life like you, Lisa and Keith and all these people that I have around me now that I'm so grateful for because I can connect with them. And, you know, I got to a point without them or before I met them, I should say, that I was like, no, this is who I am. This is my truth. Even if nobody ever agrees with it. And then finding these people after I had you know, come to terms with that with myself was like solidifying my belief of, wow, I'm not the only one, you know? And it's, like I said, it's hard for me to find people my age that I can relate with, but I don't feel the need to anymore. Like, it's not like, wow, I wish, cause like age doesn't mean anything to me. You know, we are not our bodies, we are our souls. So yeah, yeah it just means connecting with another soul is what's really important to me. Absolutely. I love that because, you know, age has never really been a thing for me. And it's funny because I went, I was at dinner with a friend last night and she was, you know, I can't remember why, but out of the blue, she kind of asked me how old I was. And I was just like, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, and she's like, what? You don't know how old you are? You know, and I was like, I don't, it's not a thing for me. Like, yeah you know and it was just like it absolutely completely blew her mind and she just thought like she just thought I was stupid (laughs) (laughs) it's like but it really truly just isn't a thing like souls have no age and yeah (laughs) so I love you say that you say that (laughs) and I really love the fact that that you have been able to stand in your own truth no matter what anybody around you has said and i yeah. think that you know i think that there are probably many that are in 
in your category, you know, as it seems that we incarnate in waves, you know, we've got the, the indigo kids and the crystals and the rainbow, you know, like they, they can categorize depending on what your sole purpose is, like each generation kind of comes in and has a different purpose on the planet, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. it was really, it's really cool that you've been able to maintain that integrity of your purpose. Yeah, and I think it's so important for kids my age to be able to do that. And I think kids my age really don't, don't have a lot of opportunity to do that anymore because they're so sucked into the social media life and adopting the characteristics of things that aren't themselves. And, you know, we were put in a place where we're told that this, no, this is you, this is your generation. This is what you're supposed to be like. This is how you fit in. And so everybody kind of adopts that and then nobody's themselves anymore. And like, that's another reason why it's hard for me to connect with people my age is because a lot of them, you know, follow that path because like once again it's probably very confusing and they're always they're ju they're just like instead of being like no this is my true self they're like oh well I'll take this part that's not me and I'll tell people that it's my true self because they can identify with it and they can connect with me on it and then they get to have those relationships and connections with people even if it's not them exactly yeah Keith what do you have to well, just to kind of continue what, what you're saying today, I feel like the kids that are in the city, right? Like, like you were in the country, so not quite as susceptible, susceptible to uh, AI construct, artificial intelligence taking over your life. If you're like, cause you have the country, right? You go out and you run in the woods and you hike and be in water and streams and all of that. There's so many kids that are like in the city and just in front of the computer, just in front of all of that. All, all the, all the input is <laughs> social media, news, parents, grandparents repeating the same stories and horror stories over and over again, feeding the mind. And, and uh, that's what I love about old souls you know it can feel like uh i feel like with us it's uh it's you know a thousand year old person talking to a 600 year old person so we both have plenty we can teach each other there's crossovers i learn from you you you, you learn from me as opposed to uh, if you look at some relationships here you know the, the kids are born not knowing and then they're just learning what their parents are teaching them and the school's teaching them and all of that and that's all that they're gaining is input from younger souls from younger thought from uh stinking thinking old stories perpetuated over and over again through generations of families uh, if i had listened to my to my mother and and a lot of my family and just like took what they said as truth there's no way i would be who i am today but i was kind of the it's kind of the opposite i always had a thing and this is what one thing that you have <laughs> a lot of people don't have uh, both of you is uh discernment not just saying oh okay it must be true if i saw it on tv it must be true if, if my mom said it right it's like hmm, how does that feel how does that land 
Yeah, I don't think so. Discard. <laughs> All right. That's discernment. And uh, that that's truly what I feel is being programmed out of people currently. <laughs> discernment. It's such an important word. <laughs> it's something that I think old souls are born with. Right? And that's why all of us, when we were three or four, we were like, eh, um, I'm not sure I'm going <laughs> to believe that or take that on. So. Yeah, my story was a little, my story is kind of the opposite of you guys, because as that little girl, I could also see the history of the planet. And I could see that the people who had the, the wisdom that I had at that moment, the knowingness, was they usually kind of met with some very unsavory endings of, you know, being nailed to a cross or burned at the stake or, you know, tortured or what. And I just thought, wow, it's really unsafe to know what I know. You know, like we're not allowed to know what, you know, to have this information. And if I continue to be who I am, I'm going to get you know, <laughs> meet with a very unsavory ending too. And that was really terrifying to me. So at that time, as a two or three year old, I thought, you know, this isn't good. Like I have to hide who I am because if everybody knows who I am, then I'm not going to be able to um, continue living on this planet. So I gave up my own inner knowing. And I kind of decided, well, my mom seems like she really knows everything because she tells me she that she knows the right way to do everything. So if she knows the right way to do everything, I better try to, you know, slip under her skirt, so to speak, and just kind of take on her reality. And wow, it didn't serve me very well to <laughs> take on somebody else's truths. <laughs> and like, that's like, that, that was something that was really easy for me to do as well. Like, is to take on characteristics of my mother because it, it like for many different reasons, it made us connect more in a way that, you know, we hadn't been able to do. Then I kind of fit into her world more. And obviously I was kind of like stuck there as I was her daughter and I was underage. And it's not like I can go and really be my own, not be my own person yet, but obviously I can while I was there because I have, but like, and one of the things that I realized that I did was my mom, has or had a lot of anxiety and so as a little girl I was like oh that's what I have so then we could relate and then we could talk and we could you know connect with one another on a different level and she could give me advice and I could take it in and but I don't you know I don't have that anxiety and I I I used to have panic attacks because my mom talked about having panic attacks and then one day I was like I don't have to have panic attacks anymore nor do I want to like, and I just stopped having panic attacks. <laughs> I just, I didn't have them anymore because I realized that the only reason I was doing this and the only reason I was experiencing this is because I wanted to, is because I wanted to connect with my mom, is because in her reality, that was something she did. So I kind of pulled that onto myself and was like, now I'm a lot like my mom and we can connect and do the things that mothers and daughters do. But my point to this was that like you said, you kind of like went under your mom's skirt and was like, oh, I'll just be like her. But it doesn't feel right. You know, it's not you 
you know it's not who you are it's not who you're meant to be but it's easier and when you're in a place where you're like ah nothing I say makes sense to anybody and nothing I do people can relate to because they're just not there with you while you're doing it or they're not understanding anything that you're saying because it doesn't make sense to them but it's your truth and it's your reality so you're just like oh well this is kind of easier if I just kind of follow her and I felt that with my mom as well because you had done that with your mom and I definitely did that for a while yeah I didn't realize that I had done that until much much later in life when I was having all the the panic attacks and the anxiety because my my energy field my being was so completely distorted from who I am that it was so incredibly uncomfortable being me that I I couldn't I couldn't function. I, I I was I was kind of panicking because I didn't know how to be myself anymore. I had been not me for so long that I couldn't really get myself back. So it took me a really long time to go inside and learn how to stop having the panic attacks i realized like hey this is just energy and i don't need to to have this energy i don't need to carry this energy around and i can change the energy with my breath so i started to do that and it was really it became really easy to change it and then i just stopped having those but it it was it was after that that i started to realize like oh my gosh I've been living my my mother's reality this whole time. This isn't even my reality. <laughs> so it took a while to clear that out for me, but it made me a whole lot stronger to be able to realize like how energy actually works and how we create our realities and how we can easily recreate our realities. <laughs> Stop creating the ones that don't work and start creating the ones that actually do work. <laughs> Keith, I know you had a you had a mom that was was not the most functional mom, <laughs> and so you had to really you developed a different uh, response as you were growing up. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't want to be like my mom <laughs> or my family, so I feel like that served me in a lot of ways because it led me to to look uh, to to grow myself <laughs> instead of listening to the, the feedback of people I didn't want to be like uh, and because she wasn't functional then I I learned to cook like at a really young age and so that served me when I would my friends would say hey come stay at my house you know overnight and then I would cook their parents breakfast in bed and take them take it in there and give them like eggs over easy with toast and you know like <laughs> hash browns and and they were just like, oh, my God, why do you do you want to be a chef when you grow up? And I was like, no, that's like how I eat. If I don't cook for myself, I'm going to be eating out of a can the rest of my life. So there's like, what? And so then uh, so then they would invite me over more often, which is cool. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I feel sorry for this kid. And so I, I played that up because then I got to sometimes it, it really served me because then I got to hang out with people and and uh like the father figures that i had because i had none were my friends fathers you know uh, that's why i loved when i read uh, rich dad poor dad 
I was like, oh my God, I can relate to this, you know, because I had my mom moved us to a really nice neighborhood and we basically we were just barely scrimping by because she wanted a better life for me. So she moved us from a bad neighborhood where we were able to like eat well and, and all of that to a much more affluent uh, area and barely making it for me. And, uh, and I just, I really saw how that paid off once I started but about high school and I had a couple like rich dads I would call them and uh and one of them really really helped me a lot talk about that in, in my book walking with my angels my friend's dad you know he was a dentist and he would uh he would just like have parties with a bunch of people that were affluent and and owned their own businesses and he would have me invite me to that party and at one point my friend his, his name was russ <laughs> he's like dad he's my friend <laughs> right why are you hogging my friend like i want him to come visit me and he was like dude like he doesn't have any of this right he doesn't have any of this and i, I want him to be able to hang hang with people that are successful and pick their brains and gain whatever he can and the truth is we learn as much from him as he learns from us so he's great to have around so sorry if it interferes but <laughs> you know just trying to give him experiences that they that he won't have otherwise so uh so it really did he's the one that said if you find a job doing something that you love you'll never work a day in your life ended up in one of my songs the hook on one of my songs on my first real cd was that line and, uh, and it was later that i realized you know i didn't want a job that i love career that I love or business that I love because otherwise I'm working for someone else the rest of my life. That wouldn't be something that I love. But it still it put me on the path of at least not doing jobs like that I hated where I woke up every day feeling miserable. Yeah, I got I got stuck in that trap for a really long time because you know obviously I'm my soul I'm, I'm here to share wisdom and knowledge but without people wanting to hear my wisdom and knowledge it's like well what do i do and so i really thought that i had to have some soul-sucking job to make money and it, i was just absolutely miserable in my life and uh, so finally now it's like all right now i can finally start sharing my knowledge and wisdom and people actually want to hear it and they their lives transform when they when they hear it and are in my presence and you know it's really rewarding so now i've worked through all of that stuff but until i worked through all of that man my life was miserable <laughs> but that was also the gift because then i ended up facing cancer because i was so un, so miserable and you know that's how I dug myself out of the hole and back into who I'm supposed to be. But that's why I'm so um, envious of Nevaeh because you're not, you don't have to ever dig yourself out of these holes because you've been able to stand in your truth and stay in alignment with who you truly are. So you're not going to have to dig yourself out of these holes. <laughs> I think she may have frozen on her on yeah. her screen for a minute. So Nevea, come back. Did I freeze? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you froze. Now we can hear okay. you. Though. 
Okay. Um, I feel like a lot of my childhood, um, like you had mentioned, the day, uh, that was like, I went through that process at a very young age because I had experienced so much in my like, short amount of life that I experienced here that like I just at 11 years old was like forced to be like oh my what is all this like like you had said that's what it felt like dating and like crawling myself out of this hole I am you know who I need to be 13 is when I really started being like is when I really started connecting with um like meditating and looking to source and you know, really feeling who I was, because as you had mentioned, I was so disconnected from any part of myself. Like I didn't know who I was at all. I have told you I had characteristics that I liked and hobbies that I liked to do, but I through so much at such a young age that when I got, felt like I was slowly coming out of that trauma and didn't have it every day of my life then I could really be like, who am I? And, you know, what do I have to offer this? Like, how can I help? Because for me, you know, thing it was and how it looked. And so many people don't have the opportunities to kind of reflect this and comfortable and peaceful and and able and that's kind of yeah it was a it was a very long short <laughs> it felt like a very long journey um, figuring out who I was I now that I look back as in a short period of time and so much internal work and I made the end that I wanted to so then I started using tools and Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to tell her, I think you should come over to the house. Yeah, come on back <laughs> inside, Nevea. <laughs> try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that that um uh wait, what was uh, now oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, come I seem to keep disconnecting. Yeah, come on back in come back in the house and <laughs> <laughs> come back and see right, the and Keith and we'll right. give it a try from inside. So Keith and, and Nevea are in the same location. So it was we thought we would try it with the two microphones, but we'll have Nevea come back inside and see if it works better with one. So Yeah. We got the gist of it though. That's good. Yeah. But I love what she was saying about how can I help people? How can I serve? Because that's the huge thing. You know, we're, we're taught that we, we have to do something that in order to serve people, it's having a job to, to do something for other people. But that's not what being in service is. We are each as the old souls, as all souls, <laughs> we are here with our own knowledge, with our own piece of the puzzle, we have our own soul song and we're here to sing that song. But we are taken away from that song. We're told that who we are and we're told what song we're supposed to sing. 
and it just ruins us. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, so when we start to ask, like, how can I be of service? It really starts to change things because we start to look inside and see what gifts and talents do I have that would be helpful to other people? And and how is a good question. <laughs> so many people are asking why, and that's usually why and then some about something negative. Why does this keep happening? Why do I keep attracting this? Why, 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 why? And the universe is like, yeah, why? And keeps giving us reasons to freaking keep asking why. And so it just like wraps around itself. And so uh, that was one of the questions I remember Reverend Michael Beckwith uh, saying, how can I be of service, right? How can I serve humanity? How can I be more loved? How can I, what can I, how, what? The questions he was always uh, talking about that were questions that you actually want an answer to. I noticed the pattern of how and what, and it was never why. He never said why anything. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, yes, I love it. I think that's why I, uh, in a lot of ways, had a better experience than some other people do <laughs> from what I hear uh, because I just really wasn't ever into asking why questions. It's something instinctively told me not to ask why questions. And that leads back to old soul again. You know, some people call it instinct, inner guidance, inner GPS, call it whatever you want. Uh, it doesn't care. However, it just, it always worked for me and always kept me from harm, <laughs> you know, that that instinct, or in my case, angel, you know, literally came to me as, as a voice, but when, before the angel's voice, it was showed up as instinct, just knowing, ooh, I shouldn't go down that alley, and then finding out something horrible happened down that alley, right? So it was still talking to me, and it probably still was my angel, but I just wasn't yet ready to wrap my head around something like that. So we have Michelle saying, I have five young adult children. They were all unschooled, free to do whatever they chose. But I find they are staying in the box of what am I going to do with my life? How can I make money? They are panicking and they don't want to hear anything from mom. <laughs> Raised free, but now don't feel free. Maybe too much media. I'm not sure. Hmm. No, I, I really experienced that for, for a while, like, because I had dropped out of school and with everything that was happening and I could like feel once again, my inner truth and my old soul knew like, this is not where you're supposed to be. It's so miserable. Every, like, you're not learning anything. The curriculum is completely, it's not for me. It's like, it was something that I couldn't do and it's not because I wasn't intelligent and that's why it surprised everybody because they're like you get high honors without trying why would you drop out of school like you were on the right path like this is what you were supposed to be doing it's easy for you it comes easy and I was like but it's so bad and I hated every part of it and so after I dropped out of school I had to do that like with myself what am I going to do how am I going to make money but that's kind of like the trick that I guess like media makes you feel and maybe they are into media but it was like 
it was like, you need money, you need money. You, it was like urgency of like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to make a living? And for a few months I felt that and I was like, oh my word, what am I going to do? But, and then I just, I eventually reached a point again where I was like, this urgency and this anxiety that I'm feeling over not having or making money does not need to be there. And whatever way I need to make money or want to make money or I'm going to make money is going to come forth in the way that I want it to. And it's like asking myself the question and manifesting answers to the question of what can I do that serves other people that can also make me money, you know? And like, that was super important for me to ask. And then I started doing things that I loved doing and I got like the best experiences from doing. And then things just kept coming into my life. Like I started a YouTube channel. And so that has been a beautiful experience for me and a beautiful learning experience for me because then I get to travel the way I've always wanted to travel. And I get to share that with people. And I get to share my experiences with people the way I hadn't been able to before. And like, that is so beautiful to me. And then I, you know, started a website and a business of like my art and being able to share that with people also meant a lot to me. And like, like, that's what I want. I want to be able to take what I have and the gifts that I have and the gifts that I know I have and to be able to share that with somebody else. And so my art has so much meaning. And so the meaning behind my art, like if somebody was to buy a piece of art or even a print, that meaning is something that they're going to have in their house. Like the intention behind and the energy that I put into that art is something that somebody can have with them and something that somebody can have in their environment that's meaningful to them and to me. And, you know, spreading the message of something specific is so important to me. But the, the, the point of this and me getting into this was I was, you know, under the same impression that I had to do something to make money because that's what, you know, we're programmed to think like, what are we going to do? What job am I going to have? I'm not making money. I feel useless. You don't have to feel those things. And realizing that you don't have to feel those things is super important. Mm -hmm. Something I love to share with, with the younger people that perhaps are just getting out of school or uh, in the inquiry of what should I be doing? What, what, what's next? Or what, what, am, what am I here to do? Uh, I'd love to just say, like, imagine that you... You had you have Oprah money. You just inherited billions of dollars, right? And so you already went. And you traveled. You already did uh, all the things that you thought that money would give you. And you already gave money to charity. And you already gave, bought houses for your family. And you did. You've done now all the everything you thought that that money would bring you. you did it all, right? So uh, so then tomorrow morning you wake up. What do you do with your time? How do you fill your day? money had nothing to do with it what would you do what's your joy what would you just love to do all day long if money wasn't a concern and then when they answer that then i say there's something to pursue <laughs> there's something to do because we do when we do what we don't want to do for money then we end up miserable the whole time the five seconds we're here on earth and don't get to enjoy it at all if we do something that we absolutely love and adore and would do if we even if we didn't get paid uh, then that the, you become the energy that money likes because now you're happy and doing what you love and then money will come to you 
So either through that thing, you'll actually get paid for doing the thing you love, uh, or through other ways. You do what you love, and then you get a grant. You do what you love, and somebody goes, I love what you do. Here, keep doing that. It gives you money. Like It could come in so many magical ways, but it will come if you're, if you're in the energy of doing what you love. So that's what I would, I would share with uh, Michelle's son. Exactly. I, I learned that the hard way. I, you know, it took me a long time to learn that lesson. But now that I realize that I am doing what I love, the money is coming and it's easier and it's just, um, and it's beautiful because it's really fulfilling. You know, it's not some soul sucking job that I'm doing for money. It's like, <laughs> this is something that's really soul fulfilling. And that's where that's where the abundance is that's where the wealth is that's where the joy is and it's in being of service to others how can i be of service to others by sharing my gifts and my joy <laughs> and it's interesting when i do when i do do that it's like a life purpose exercise right the whole like oprah money and that whole deal whatever comes as the answer is always somehow in service to others it is about service every time like whatever they come up with like what would you do if you on that morning it's like wow some people it's like oh i would go read stories to old people or musicians would be like oh i'd go play music at convalescent homes just to give those people some brightness before they leave the planet or i would start a start a charity for teens or you know it's just it's always something that's just magical it's like oh yes yes do that do that do that yeah. <laughs> pursue that see what happens so it's really all about adding joy to this planet and i think that part of being an old soul is really that drive to create heaven on earth mm. yeah mm -hmm. i 100 percent agree with that yeah i think that you know we've been around this block many many times and we've seen the horrors of of war and all the things that have been perpetuated on this planet for so long and we see that it's completely unnecessary that we don't need to live in states of war and poverty and and pollution like it's that's not why we're here and as the old souls we're the ones that remember heaven and we are the ones that are here to bring heaven to earth you know when we look at this beautiful planet there's beauty everywhere but it's completely overlooked by the majority of people, you know, and, you know, oh, let's just cut down all these trees. We don't need all the, we need these trees to make toilet paper, you know, and, and it's like they don't honor the earth. They're not connected to the earth. They're not communicating with the earth, with the plants, with the animals not seeing that the earth gives us everything we need for free, <laughs> like freely gives. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of what being an old soul is, as part of our service to the planet, 
is to help return heaven to earth. Mm. Yeah, and I was born in the city, concrete jungle, I like to call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was Long Beach, but people would call it LA if they're not from here. Uh, yeah, I didn't have an identification with any of that. It's like the first time that I went camping and I heard the earth crackle under my feet, took a breath, and I was like, oh, this is where that thing that people called, you know, God, spirit, universe, like this is where it is. Because I was, I had not felt that at any church, synagogue, mosque, right? Nowhere did I feel that thing people were calling God uh, or heaven on earth, as, as you put it, right? Until I went in the woods. And then that's why I wanted to get, I wanted to get to there. Like that was my whole goal ever since. I was like, I don't want to be in the concrete jungle. I don't want to be here. Too, everything's too frenetic. It's too angry. It's too rush, rush. It's too judgmental for me. It's like, ah, I just want to sit on a rock, breathe. That's yeah. what I want. You know, and it exactly. took me so long to get it. But once I had it, I did not want to go back. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really difficult for me to go to places like New York City now where I mean it is just rush 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 there's so much kinetic energy the energy is just moving like you say it's frantic the the smells are different you know the the smells are are they're not natural <laughs> like you know it's exhaust fumes and garbage and you know all kinds of things and it's just even though there's there are many amazing things about going to the cities you know the arts and the culture and the restaurants and all of that it's still it's really really difficult to be in that energy when you when you are connected to nature and you are in harmonic resonance with nature and then you go into something that is so completely unnatural it's really difficult yeah, when I was um, really young, uh, in my house that was full of, it was just a house of terrors, really. <laughs> and so um, with my biological father, Keith is like my soul father. And so I would find myself, we had this embankment and it would just be like woods behind it. But the rest of it was like a, a town and a city and like we were one of the only houses that actually had access to like the woods area. And so it wasn't necessarily ours and I wasn't necessarily allowed to go in it, but I would find myself just like taking a backpack with drawing supplies and just going into the woods for hours. And my mom absolutely hated it because she didn't know where it was. And she like, she'd be like, just stay where I can call your name and you can hear it. And so eventually I just kept going like for, further and further into the woods. And then one day I hear her very faintly call my name. I'm just sprinting through the woods to get back to my house to be like, I'm right here. I didn't go anywhere. But like that connectedness that I felt when I was in the woods is something that I, you know, like I can't get anywhere else. Like it connects you directly to source to God, you know, and like, that's what so many people don't understand and what so many people don't have the opportunity to feel. But once you feel it, it's, it's so known that that's what it is. Exactly. You know, this is why when this is why I invite people to come here, it's like, come here and heal. <laughs> like, 
once they get here to the woods, to the lakes, to the mountains, like they just automatically start feeling better immediately, <laughs> like without having to do anything. But then, you know, when you when you add just some some awarenesses, like here's how to start shifting how you see things, and here's how to start connecting in to your own inner guidance. It's like wow, <laughs> like massive shifts can happen in a really short period of time. Just like you were saying, Neve, you know, I just decided I'm not going to have anxiety attacks anymore. And that was the end of that, like a mm -hmm. simple choice. And people don't understand the shift of consciousness is everything. It's how I healed from cancer. Like, boom oh i don't need to have this anymore like that's not even what's happening in my body like wait a second my body is just designed to heal itself great i can just trust my body oh good to go and then just watch the body come back into alignment it's like wow that was easy <laughs> like, but that's what's i feel like that's what's hard for so many people is like wrapping their head around the idea that like your belief on something like just believing it it's then true like as soon as you believe it, it's your truth. Exactly. And therefore it's true in your life, in your body, in your soul. And that's, that's, it's so simple. But like getting to a point where you're like, oh yeah, it is simple is the hard part. Exactly. Other people. Yep. You know, because we've been taught all of our truths and all the truths, quote unquote, that we have been taught, the majority of them are not true. <laughs> and we just simply believe the things that we've been taught and we've been taught to listen to the experts the experts all know they know what to do they've got your best interest at heart well maybe they have they do but they've also been taught untruths so now we have people believing untruths that are teaching other people untruths because they're true like <laughs> hold on a second it's time to break that chain and start to really tune in to your soul because your soul knows all of the answers. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting too because I'm shooting this documentary and and I'm doing my best to, to reach out to all different types of people, right? And so I I spoke to someone uh, recently who was very very scientific, very MD, you know, seemed very mainstream uh however then that person wrote a book called the emotion code and was tying it all into the emotions and uh, it feels like all with all of these experts the through line is what both of you just said it, it is it happens as we believe as we feel as we what we take on uh, person yesterday amanda bomer was like let's take a little personal responsibility because the truth is it's all us right and that's that's the through line no matter who i ask what where they're where they're at right on the fence and in, in, in any conversation the through line keeps coming back to feel like emotions how are we feeling what are we thinking what are we feeding ourselves with whether it be figuratively or literally what are we feeding ourselves with and that which we are uh, bringing into our emotions, into our feelings, into our thoughts, into our beliefs is what we create. And then as uh, was uh, 
Byron Katie would say, but only every time. Exactly. You know, we're non-physical beings. The soul is non-physical. And we all know we're body, mind, and soul. Only one of those things is physical. And it is operated by the two non-physical parts. And we are here to take, bring non-physical concepts, ideas, thoughts, beliefs into physical form. So when we are being, when we are feeding ourselves on fear, doubt, guilt, shame, blame, worry, which, which we are being fed constantly, you know, by the church, you're sinners, you're all going to go to hell, you know, whatever that is, the media, there's this thing, you got to be afraid, you know, we're being fed all of these negative emotions all day, every day. And when we take those things in, and we wear them, like a badge, and it's like, this is what's true, this is terrible, blah, 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 it becomes our body, our bodies take on those forms. There's nothing wrong with our bodies. That's the job of the body is to bring form to who we think we are. Mm -hmm. And when we think we're not okay, the body's going to reflect that every single time. And healing is not the pr process of fixing the body. It's by the process of knowing that we're okay, that there's nothing wrong with us. And Keith, I love your song that says the only thing wrong with you is that you think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's the yes. only thing we have to heal are those beliefs. Yeah. And like, that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that manifesting goes both ways. Like you can manifest negative things into your life in the same exact way as you can manifest positive things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're equally as easy, but most people don't realize that we're manifesting all the time. And right. most people, they don't want to believe that they created the situation that they're in. You know, when I, when I found myself facing cancer, that was the first thing that I did was I took responsibility. It was like, I don't know how I created this, but I created this. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that if I created it, I can also uncreate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there were a lot of good uh, quotes in the Bible. And going back to the very beginning, that, that was the thing I was walking around as a kid, like quoting the Bible. And then people would say, oh, that's Matthew, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, yeah, only I haven't read the book. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so one of the things was it's God's great gift to give you the kingdom was something that I just went, hmm, and just really that resonated, right? And I'm like, so what does that mean? Oh, that means God doesn't truly even know the difference between a thousand, ten thousand, a million, or ten million, or a billion. It's just ones and zeros to God. So it's how how great can my belief system, right, open up to me feeling like I can accept and the responsibility of having that many zeros or can accept... Uh, or what vision would I have to do with it, right? What would I have, what would I do with it? And then, uh, and then it happens as you believe, as you pray believing that you have and you will receive faith of a mustard seed, like all the many different ways that, uh, you know, Yeshua said 
those things and people captured that and brought it forth and and shared it with other people like that's the thing that felt the most true to me than than anything that i heard coming from any pulpit growing up and and why i felt there was such a disconnect and why i went up and corrected <laughs> you know people in their church they were just like get out that was the energy of these <laughs> preachers and i was like wow well that's interesting energy from someone who's supposed to be holy but uh okay next Right, I was like, no, no, it happens as you believe, as you believe it's done, and you pray believing that you have it's mustard seed. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my goodness, I'm Alexa. AI, not in my house. Oh, <laughs> Alexa. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're always being listened to, right. <laughs> whether well, we're, whether we're oh, aware of it or not, right? Yeah. yeah so we have, um, let's see, Nadine says, this has me reflecting on wishing I could be in my 20s again from a little <laughs> earlier in the conversation. Michelle says, beautiful comments, Nevea. Thank you when you were talking about what her her kids were going through. Hey, Carol, glad you're on listening to us. And Michelle says, I've got to leave Detroit. It's not peaceful here. I try to believe it is and change my consciousness here, but it's just so tense and edgy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this is why we have to learn, you know, how to be peaceful, no matter what's going on around us. Like we become the island of peace when we can become peaceful ourselves you know, in our own three feet or in our globe, whatever, whatever you want, your own energy field is the only thing that you have control over. It's the yeah. only thing that you're responsible for is your own energy field, your own reactions. Yeah. And when you can bring yourself to be at peace in your own space, no matter what's going on around you, then you start influencing what's going on around you. And everybody else can start emulating your peace. Yes. But if you're looking at to find peace out there in the world, it's not going to happen. We have to create it. Yes. And here's the easiest way to create that. Close your eyes. And take a breath. And release. Take in another nice, easy breath. And let it go. And one more nice easy breath in. And release. And open your eyes. Three breaths. Save my life in the city. Every time I every time I started to buy into other people's stories. Instead of my own truth, it was in the city. That was what saved my life. Just remember the three breaths. I can come back to center anytime with that gift from the universe. Three simple breaths. Love that. The soul comes into the body on the breath. The breath of life. Yes. Beautiful. Well, 
Keith and Nevaeh, thank you so much for such a great conversation. It's so nice to meet Nevaeh and let everybody else meet you as well. And we want to, how do we, um, how do we find you on YouTube, Nevaeh? So my YouTube channel is Nevaeh Travels. And so my name is heaven spelt backwards. And so it's just Nevaeh Travels, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And then my Instagram is Nevaeh Things. And then I also have uh, my website, which is bamart.org. And you can find that. And that has all my art and some of the products that I like to sponsor, as well as a blog that I like to post on and my YouTube channel link. And so that is B-A-M-A-R-T.org. And yeah, that's pretty much how you can find me. And you should be able to message me when you go on my website. You can reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook, whenever you want, and I will definitely answer any questions that anybody has and definitely would love to connect with more people. So beautiful and Neve is part of our soul sourced healing group if you ask her any questions in this chat thread she will be on to answer your questions here as well and keith are walking with my angels author and how how do people reach you just google keith leon s <laughs> watch some videos and uh just go to through my through my website's the easiest that you find there just hit contact and write it there it'll get to me beautiful and if you have not yet read walking with my angels keith's true life story it is an incredible story it is beautiful and very very inspiring it's going to help you to remember the soul that you are as well so so I thank you both for joining me this morning. It's been such a pleasure. I can't wait to have you both back again. <laughs> so everyone, if you are looking to remember who you truly are, reach out to any one of us because we will help you on that path. You can find me at connectingyoutoyou.com. And my book is called The Simplicity of Self-Healing to help you start changing the way you look at disease and your body and to start to realize that you have the power to heal yourself. So thank you for joining us for another Solution Sunday because the soul is the solution. Thanks for joining us this week. And until next week, create for yourselves a great week. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Connecting You to You Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do, and how you can work with me, visit connectingyoutoyou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more. I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.